the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan J. Warner. And with me today, we have another special guest. We have Emily Bailey. She's a digital marketing strategist and trainer, and she owns Compass Content. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ryan. And thanks to everyone tuning in today. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking some time and, and spending it with us today talking about digital marketing. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have some questions. I'm sure they've they've heard of it before. Maybe they have a little bit of experience, but it's great to have an expert on who can really uh, shed some light on some of the darker corners of the digital marketing world. Absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. So let's get started. Let's uh, tell the listeners, how did you become a digital marketing strategist? Is this something you always wanted to do? It is. Yeah. When I was in high school, I took a media course, which I loved, and that led me to study communications in my undergrad and pursue a career in marketing communications in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I worked for a number of different organizations as a communications advisor, a marketing advisor. Um, so these sort of nine to five jobs were for me the, the foundation, the building blocks to my uh, later uh, journey in entrepreneurship. So I've worked uh, for a travel company. I've worked in government. I've worked in nonprofit. I've worked in education. Um, and then about nine years ago, I decided to start my own business called Compass Content Marketing, where I get to work with a variety of different organizations. Most of them are based in Ontario, but some in other parts of the, of the country to help them take their digital marketing from where it is now to where they want it to be. And that looks different for every single organization, whether it's big or small, or it's a, it's a charity or a nonprofit. Um, there's no one size fits all when it comes to digital marketing. So I really enjoy working with different organizations and helping them figure out what is the best use of their uh, marketing dollars, what is the best use of their energy, their you know, valuable time, where are they going to be able to reach their target customers or their target donors, perhaps in some cases. Um, so I'm driven by, I think, a need or, or a desire to help other people to, to empower them and also help them navigate the trends and the technology surrounding digital marketing. As you know, Ryan, things are always changing when it comes to social media platforms, uh, when it comes to digital digital marketing tools. And now with the rise of artificial intelligence, I've begun helping businesses navigate tools like ChatGPT and help make them work for their business to increase productivity. So I love learning about these tools and I love sharing my knowledge with others um, and helping them tell their brand story. That's awesome. Quick question. How do you find marketing strategies, digital marketing strategy now compared to when you first got into it coming out of school and with those early jobs? I think the technology is the biggest piece. Like there's so many social media platforms now that are constantly changing. Um, it's, I think harder and harder for some people who work in marketing and business to keep up with the pace of change. I hear a lot from clients who are amazing at what they do. They're they're uh, exceptional in their industry, 
but they say to me, Emily, I just don't have the time to read up on all of these constant changes. Like it, it feels overwhelming. I think for some people, um, you know, what's going on with Twitter is threads a thing. Like there's so many questions that people have. What about artificial intelligence? Is it good? Is it bad? Like, how do I, how do I use it for my business? There's a lot of questions out there and a lot of um, overwhelm that I see amongst entrepreneurs uh, more so now than, than 15 years ago. Right. So in order for someone to really uh, capitalize on digital marketing strategies, you have to keep up on the trends and the, the different new tech that's coming out constantly. I think doing things the same way as you did a few years ago is no longer an option mm. because what you'll see is that those strategies just don't get the results. And when we speak of, say, uh, Instagram, as an example, many businesses are on Instagram and they find it difficult to stand out. These platforms are saturated. They're a crowded space. Um, they represent opportunity for businesses and, and nonprofits to connect with their audience. But it's difficult for some of them to grow on those platforms. Interesting. So the, the rate of change now, and I agree with you, by the way, it's, it's, I think it's faster now than, than ever before. Um, so marketing strategies and plans have less of a shelf life, if you will, than they would have 15, 20 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. And I advise um, all my clients to revisit those digital marketing plans within their organization. Like having a five-year marketing plan is, it's, it's good, but it's not really, it's not going to stay the same. You have to have those, you know, frameworks in place and those building blocks and those goals set, but you also need to be very adaptable. You need to consider the trends. I don't recommend hopping on every single trend or hopping on every single platform that comes along, but you also need to be, I think, more nimble than ever before in order to stay relevant. And you will see that the big brands uh, with the big marketing budgets, you know, the uh, Ikeas of the world or the Heinzes of the world, uh, who presumably have very large marketing budgets, you'll notice that their campaigns too are sometimes uh, tied to a local happening, for example, mm. or a, a timely happening. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll sort of move quickly as well. Um, as they need. Keeping in mind also that these big companies often have an ad agency that work for them. Um, so that also makes things easier. I think as a marketer, if you can say, okay, you know, we have this agency agency of record and we want them to, to take it away and make it happen and they have the funding to do so, that's certainly easier than a small business who's doing their marketing all themselves while trying to run their business. So all the suggestions and recommendations that I give people are always scaled to what's achievable, what's realistic, um, and what's appropriate to their particular goals and their particular audience. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. And it's it's definitely a lot to keep up on, uh, especially for our listeners who are entrepreneurs and they have startup companies. I imagine they're already wearing so many hats. The, the digital marketing hat is just one more that they need to familiarize themselves with. Um, so on that note, can you tell us, uh, are there any any lessons that can be learned for, for our entrepreneur listeners or startup listeners? Absolutely. So I find that 
entrepreneurs and, and startup owners are often very enthusiastic about their product or service. They've developed their product or service because they see a gap in the marketplace or they see a problem in their industry and they want to solve it. They're often very driven, very excited. However, what also sometimes happens is that this enthusiasm um, sometimes makes them sort of uh, feel a little bit impatient about the rate at which their digital marketing is going to lead to conversions. So for example, if a startup is uh, launched and they have uh, campaigns running on, let's say all the major social media platforms, um, maybe they have their, their website as well as a YouTube channel, for example, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes I find that entrepreneurs get frustrated because they're not seeing the return on investment soon enough uh, or, or not as early as they had hoped for. And sometimes this is the case of the business asking for the sale too early. Mm -hmm. So straight out the gate, they're saying, here's our product, here's our service. They're telling people all about it. That's great. Um, it's gonna solve this problem, but they forget one key feature. And that is building trust. It takes a long time now for audiences to build up some trust with brands. Okay. So if you are looking for that immediate return on investment, or you are wondering, you know, I've been doing Instagram posting regularly for three months now, and I haven't made a sale, you need to understand that it does take often six months or more for content marketing campaigns to convert. So some patience is required there. Now, there's also a difference between marketing and advertising that sometimes I see people, I, I see people conflate the two sometimes. And with advertising, you're looking at paid campaigns typically, right? You're looking at maybe YouTube ads. You're looking at say uh, ads on, on Instagram or, or Facebook as an example. Um, these are going to be a faster conversion and they should be if they're set up correctly. So you should be seeing click-throughs. You should be seeing some conversions from your paid advertising campaign. Um, that's going to happen faster than conversions on your uh, content marketing campaign. So I know some people listening to this might go, well, if that's the case, why don't I just do, you know, the paid campaign, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that would be a, a, a logical question to ask. Um, my recommendation to most businesses generally is to have a balance of both. So if you just run your paid campaign, you may see some conversions, but what you may find is that you haven't set the foundation strong enough and your organic side of things, your unpaid uh, digital marketing materials are, um, they haven't gained enough traction to build that trust. 
So, you know, it is almost, I think, a requirement for any type of organization to have a public presence on on digital platforms. Um, You don't have to be on every platform, but this is often the first place people turn when they are looking for information about a product or service. So you need to have those uh, unpaid channels up and running, have some good engagement, uh, talk with your audience, thank them for their support. Board, et cetera, et cetera, build up that rapport um, for at least six months. Um, otherwise, you may find that your paid campaigns don't convert as quickly as you'd hoped. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, I just a, a couple quick follow up questions. We mentioned earlier that some startup uh, folks and some entrepreneurs are very eager to, to they're very excited and they're, they're very eager to get out there and start posting content and, and get some conversion. Uh, in the six months that you recommended as a kind of a ballpark estimate of how long it should take them to build up to conversion, what type of content should they be should they be going for? When you say trust, should they be trying to kind of demonstrate their experience or or kind of gain brand awareness? Like what what should they be doing during that time? Great question. So a combination of things. They should be talking about their business, why their business exists, first of all. Um, What is the problem that this product or service is aiming to solve? Who are the people behind the business? A lot of people I find don't like being on camera. Um, They feel weird about it. They don't like how their voice sounds. Um, They don't like how they look, et cetera, et cetera. To that, I would say, you know, people want to know who are the folks behind the business that they are considering. So don't be shy about putting yourself out there. Don't be shy about showcasing your staff. Perhaps you have volunteers, et cetera, et cetera. The human side of the business is very important. You can also showcase things like behind the scenes, right? So say you're a retail operation, for example, what goes on in the mornings before the store opens, right? You can do like a super quick uh, TikTok style video. By the way, you can do this with a smartphone. You don't need fancy equipment uh, for many social media videos. And, you know, show what goes on behind the scenes. These are all tactics to earn that trust, start building trust and to make it fun. If you're creating content and you're bored with your brand or you're bored with your marketing, guess what? Your followers are going to be even more bored than you. (laughs) So I recommend try to have fun with it, get creative, uh, experiment a little bit. Not every campaign is going to be a smash hit. That's okay. Um, like I said, it's going to take some time. So I recommend people experiment with creating content, um, when they're not feeling pressured, when they're not like, Oh my God, I'm so behind on my social media marketing. I need to get something up today. Like they're panicking. That is not conducive to good content. That is not conducive to creative content. So try to create a bunch when you're feeling relaxed. Maybe you have some help, uh, ideally, and you can batch your content, meaning create a bunch of posts in the same sitting, and then you can slot those into your various channels for publishing at regular intervals over time. Yeah, that is very interesting that you say that because that that's 
I think people overlook that. I think it's it's very overlooked that it's a skill. Digital marketing is a skill and it takes time and you're going to make mistakes. And we all do with our content. We think, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then, you know, it falls and we get crickets. Right. So I, I think that people should be more aware of that. And I think if they had, like you said, the patience and the uh, presence of mind to look at it through, okay, I, I got to try to improve every post. And if that's the goal, you know, eventually you'll get there rather than thinking like, oh, I'm just no good at this. And, uh, you know, because people can get defeated, I'd imagine, pretty quickly. Yeah. And I feel like part of this problem is that marketing professionals don't talk about this enough. You know, there's a lot of marketing pros on, uh, particularly on Instagram. I see them all the time and they make such big promises like Hmm. sign up for my program and you'll make a million dollars in one year. Like this kind of stuff. It's not, it's not realistic, right? For most businesses, unless they have a massive marketing budget and they have the best, uh, advertising teams at their disposal, um, then maybe, but if you're a startup, uh, right out the gate, like, I don't know. I, I I think you just have to understand that there's going to be an investment required of your time and your resources. And you can do these digital marketing activities while you're doing other ways of building your business at the same time. So your digital marketing does not have to be your be all end all. You should also be, you know, maybe implementing a referral program, going to in-person events, like doing, you know, traditional marketing is not my forte, but there are still some traditional marketing tactics that some people like to use and that's okay. You know, there's, there's other ways of approaching this and you don't have to put all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and for our listeners out there, they, they sh- you should, you know, like uh, try all the approaches and find out which one works for you. But I have another common theme. I, I, I've seen that as well. I, I'm as an executive coach, sometimes um, a leader of a department or a team will hire me to work with their, their team members. And when they say, I need this person, this person's at point X and I need to get them to point Y, how long will that take? And when I say like two or three months, they're sometimes like, whoa, you can't do it in a week. Like, well, well, no, like doesn't, it doesn't work. Like it, it still, it never ceases to amaze me how amiss people are with their thoughts of their expectations regarding timelines and the, like they want the instant uh, change and the instant reward. So I could see them thinking six months, like a lot of them probably don't, until you said that I'm imagining many of the listeners didn't think that was the case. Yeah. Like I said, no one, or, or very few people are talking about this publicly, but I think it is important to set expectations and help people understand that like, if they're not seeing instant results, you don't give up, you know, <laughs> you have to keep at it. You have to be consistent. It's going to take some, some time. And, and it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong necessarily. It just means that this is the nature of being a, a small business or, or a startup. So I think it's, it's just, good to let people know that when they're planning out their business or they're planning out the next quarter or the next year, you know, this is what we can reasonably, uh, you know, expect and also plan for that so that you're not feeling stuck. You're not feeling frustrated. That said, like you may make some conversions before that six month mark. This is not like a hard and fast rule, but I'm sort of putting this out there as a, you know, just sort of like a general 
uh, guideline. And also it's partly because a lot of people are a little bit more skeptical of brand marketing nowadays than they used to be a few years ago. So our audiences sometimes are a little bit more choosy about who they want to do business with and just seeing something on social media isn't necessarily enough to motivate someone to make a purchase. They want to see that this brand or this business has the values that they um, also share. They want to maybe also see that some of their peers are already customers, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of different pieces of the puzzle, let's call it. Um, And a lot of it boils down to that consumer psychology and the number of different touch points that people make with a brand before making a purchase. It's not going to be one or two. It's probably going to be more like six, seven, eight, sometimes more. Excellent. Yeah. Also good to know, right? For our folks out there just in their first venture, kind of getting a little bit frustrated with their lack of results. Maybe you're not doing anything wrong. Maybe you're doing exactly the right thing. You just need to do it for longer. And if you change now, it'll kind of uh, negate the work that you've done thus far. So, so excellent. And on that note about the psychological piece to marketing, I mean, we know that communication and marketing is extremely important, um, but how important is it to, to know who your, your audience and, and who your customer is? It's absolutely critical to have an in-depth understanding of who your customer is. So in some cases, businesses will have more than one target audience group, and that's completely normal. But in this case, you need to understand what motivates these people. You need to understand what problems they are facing. You need to understand their lifestyle and its constraints. You need to understand their financial situation. By the way, these are are groups of people that are represented. uh, If you've done a, a customer persona, for example, you've created that one person that sort of represents a group of people. Like, for example, like Carol, meet Carol. Carol is 55 years old. She's nearing retirement. She's looking to take a cruise, et cetera, et cetera. That would be an example of a customer persona that uh, some brands would uh, use for their own marketing purposes, planning purposes. Um, But having a deep understanding of your customers is absolutely critical because you want to speak directly to them. You want to speak in their language, so to speak. Um, And doing that requires the ability of a marketer to put yourself in their shoes and feel how it feels to be in their life and what's going on with them and what are their concerns? What are their challenges? What are their joys? Um, It's a real psychological piece, like you've mentioned, um, and it's one that can't be taught necessarily right out the gate. It's one that I think the best marketers innately have And they're also willing to work at it. They're also willing to read up on what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the world, um, what's going on in local communities to get that broader sort of environmental scan, that broader picture of all the different factors that influence and impact a customer's life and therefore their decision to make a purchase or to not make a purchase. Uh, has that always been easy for you? Has that come like naturally to put yourself in someone else's shoes and and know what makes them tick and what motivates them? Or did you have to work at that? 
bit of both. Yeah. I, I think in my career, I've been lucky enough to really connect with people from all walks of life, people that are, you know, super educated PhDs, um, to people who, you know, graduated high school and have a successful business because they worked really hard and they figured it out along the way. Um, so I think that I'm able to talk to different types of people effectively and understand a bit about the psychology. I can't claim to be an expert on everybody's life. You know, I think that would be impossible to, yeah. to claim. Um, but I think that empathy piece is, is really important. And um, I also pay attention to the news. I also know what's going on with the economy. I know what's going on in my own industry. And I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt um, and try to understand where they're coming from when they make decisions or when they, even if someone says something online, that's negative, for example, I think, well, maybe they're, maybe they're having a tough day. Maybe they just lost their job. Maybe they're having trouble making their mortgage payment. Like these are the realities that some people in our country and in other countries are facing. So there's always those broader pieces at play that we have to keep in mind. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think that's a, <clears throat> a great way to sum it up. And, and, if I can just to recap, not to put words in your mouth, but I think that really is the key is to if you can have that bridge between you no know, understanding the psychology of another person, your target market or your, your audience, your customer, and you also know the value that you bring and what your product or your service offers, then that really is the key. Those two things together, you should be able to craft a strategy or, or a plan that will resonate with your with the target audience, correct? That's the secret sauce, baby. <laughs> okay. All right. I love it. Um, now we're coming to the end here and, and we really do appreciate your time. So thank you again for coming on. But Emily, we have to ask you this question. We ask every guest this question. Um, if you could go back in time to, you know, a, a 21, 22 year old Emily fresh out of college, you know, and, and give them a piece of advice, what would you tell them? Oh, I love these types of questions. I would say, don't let the opinions of others hold you back and just ask for what you want. You know, don't be afraid of taking a risk in your career or in your life. Um, I think the best marketing professionals are the ones I see that are just confident and they just they just go for it. So give things a try. Don't be afraid. And if it doesn't work out, you can always pivot and try something else. Well, there you go. There you have that was like short, sweet, concise. It's almost like uh like you had that prepared in the can. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm always happy to uh, to pass on these tidbits. I, I teach uh, digital marketing at um, Humber College and at McMaster University. And a lot of students I find are very unsure. You know, it's that age that a lot of them are at. They don't feel confident to share their ideas with the group or they think that because they're inexperienced, their ideas aren't valid. And, you know, I coach them a little bit and say, you know, your voice matters. You are just as entitled to be here as the next person. Um, and in fact, I, I do think a career in digital marketing requires you to be able to come up with ideas and share them and sell those ideas. So this is a skill that um, people need to work on, not just for their own sort of personal growth, but also to be uh, a player in this industry. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And Emily, if the folks listening, if they want to get in touch with you and they want to connect with you, how can they do that? What's the best way? You can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Emily Bailey. You can also find my website, www.compasscontent.ca. You can also find me on Instagram at Emily Bailey. There you have it. Um, Emily, Yeah. once again, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, to our listeners out there, we wish you success in your future speaking endeavors. 